Hello and welcome to the Calamity Vault podcast, where we play every indie RPG one week at a time. This is part two of our Cthulhu Eternal episode, last time we did our character creation, so if you haven't listened to it, you might want to go back. Cthulhu Eternal is an open gaming licensed tabletop role-playing game. You can find more information about it at CthulhuEternal.com. Now let's get to the episode. It is late afternoon on Monday, May 4th, 1938, and you arrive at the Frankfurt Airfield to board the Hindenburg airship on its maiden transatlantic voyage from Germany. You are greeted by the first officer, Friedrich Rau, and escorted by the attendants to the dining room in preparation for departure. You see dozens of elegantly clad men and women joining you aboard, the finest of the European principalities, uh, continental, uh, wealthy and industrialists, all headed to New York, as the Americans among you know, the center of the world. As the last passenger takes their seat, the airship rises into the cold evening sky. The dining room grows eerily quiet as passengers stare out of the windows at the shrinking landscape below. Your body tenses as it tries to adjust to the unfamiliar sensation of an aircraft climbing higher and higher into the air. Several minutes later, a rugged, middle-aged man enters the room and introduces himself as Captain Max Pruss. He says, uh, Guten Abend, everyone. Welcome on board the Hindenburg. The finest Zeppelin, no, the finest transportation in the known world. I invite you all to enjoy your time with us as we cross the mighty Atlantic, not in three months, as it would have taken centuries ago, or three weeks, as it took last decade, but in less than three days. You will have the opportunity to enjoy the sights and sounds of the voyage and our accommodations here, and it is my sincere hope that you each have a wonderful flight. Dinner shall be served shortly, and I invite you all to visit the smoking lounge later in the evening to sample a selection of our Cuban cigars uh, and make good use of the well-stocked bar. Since, while we are still in civilized airspace, there are, of course, no prohibition laws aboard the airship. You all get the opportunity uh, to sit at a long and elegant table. I have a question. Yes. Is prohibition still a thing in America? I believe it was at this point. Wow. Set in a gallery with these windows stretching out, looking downward at the expanse of clouds below you. It's strange. Prohibition ended in 33. You would have expected... I was wrong. And Avery decided Sorry. to make everyone know. <laughs> so thank you, Avery. Thank you, Avery. Fuck you. <laughs> Alternate universe where Prohibition ended in 1939. Yeah. <laughs> could, be, could be local things. We don't know. Hey, look, look. Prohibition ended in 33. That doesn't mean this guy knows that it did. That's true. I also believe that prohibition continued at the state level in 
various states. Yes, we can all into see you googling state it, level prohibition. <laughs> yes. Ha ha. Ha ha. That's fifty six. Fifty nine. Mm. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Damn. Yeah. Well, we there, ain't going. Still, Everything's backwards in Oklahoma. There are still dry counties. Uh, there are. There are still dry counties yeah. now. That's we'll crazy. About the dining room, though. Sorry for interrupting. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just really don't want prohibition to be true, apparently, in this world. <laughs> fun fact: Jack Daniels was manufactured in a dry county in Tennessee. And fun fact: Oh, thank, thank you for Emily. letting us know. Thank you, Emily. We wouldn't You're have welcome. known it was a fun fact otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come down there and beat your ass. You. <laughs> <laughs> so mean As food to me. and drinks. <laughs> as food and drinks are served. You finally get a chance to look around. You nearly forget you are in an airship. Instead of picturing yourself in an upscale restaurant complete with fresh flowers, tasteful artwork, and ambient music playing in the background, a full piano is in the corner, lifted thousands of feet in the air by the magic of the new hydrogen zeppelin. You count 20 or so passengers in the room, including yourselves, all now relaxed and chatting to one another. Uh, You are seated sort of at the end of one of these long tables, and uh, one of the servers comes around and uh, says, The the chef's compliments to you all. Uh, We will uh, be having a three-course meal. You may select from your uh, menus there. Wow, thank you. He will say, uh, in addition, please, uh, if you would like to view the airship, we have here, uh, for your pleasure, the plans so you understand where everything is and uh, can tow the ship at your leisure. Are there any locations that are off limits? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Certain- she gets lost easy, you see. <laughs> Yes. Uh, certain uh, mechanical uh, storage rooms, uh, the, the uh, pilot's deck and whatnot are, are off limits. Also, if you've requested, the captain may be able to provide you a, a brief tour, but we would not want anyone's uh, clothes getting dirty, of course. In the Discord, you will see the layout of the Hindenburg. That is on the exterior. That is within the the structure. This is only of the passenger compartment. As he will go on to say, uh, these are of the areas that are of concern to the passengers. Of course, the mechanics of the ship are still a state secret. Uh, so you see that there are, it, it's set up in this image in tables of four. Uh, currently, there's a long table that is close to those windows that I showed you. Uh, and they have two smaller tables behind it. Are we all seated together? You are. You are. Great. By pure chance. So the server will slowly move around, collecting each of your orders. Uh, and you get a chance to look around and see some of the the great and the good who have joined you on this trip. So if anyone would like to see if maybe they notice someone there, you could make a uh, an alertness check. 
Yes. Alertness. Yes. Ooh, I have a 70 in that. I would love to be alert. I'm yes. profoundly unalert, but I I will look nonetheless. <laughs> wow. I'm... So you're looking to roll under your skill. I am so alert and 13. I failed. I failed. I also failed because I rolled a 95. <laughs> All right, Joe. <laughs> so you see, number one, there are a number of aristocrats which are uh, clearly present here, both of the uh, Prussian junker nobility, and you begin taking all this down as it's of course part of your uh, your report that this you know is catering to only the highest class of passengers. Uh, but in addition to that, you spy one other person that you would not have uh, considered in that category. As you see, Ruth Davis is sort of hanging around near one of the tables. Uh, she has a a chair has been sort of shoved in at the corner um, where she has clearly moved from one table that was almost empty to one which is full. And she is uh, trying to insert herself into uh, a conversation and wave off a server who is insisting that everyone would really have much more room if she went back to her seat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh I I think I'm gonna go over and maybe try to help good old Ruth out. I, I feel a little bit bad for in this situation and you know, maybe maybe if I need to get a tour around later I can make use of a connection here just for an extra person, get a little extra for my report. Um you know, ingratiate myself a little bit uh with poor Ruth. Of course, of course. Now what do we what do we see when this happens? I, I... I'm almost picturing this as like the camera is focusing on Ruth's table, as it were, and we, so we hear your voice before we see you. Uh, you know, I like it. It's a good scene. Oh, it's no trouble. It's no trouble. I was just uh, talking to uh, the, the Lady Victoria here. Um, and and I, I think about, round, round about this moment, I actually think that uh, is when uh, Joe kind of walks up behind uh, a somewhat unannounced ghost. Oh, Ruth, hello. It's so good to see you again. I can't... Hi, you recognize me, of course. Joe, Joe Harkness, yes. She blinks for a minute uh, in sort of complete shock at seeing you here. Uh, She's a a short woman, dark hair, uh, but quite smartly dressed. Clearly a person who has uh, gone out and had the the one pantsuit that she has pressed and... Uh, put into good order for this trip. And she blinks and stands and shakes her hand and says, Joe, Joe, uh, it's a pleasure to see you. I had no idea you'd be on board. Well, I, I see uh, ZBS is really covering themselves here, making sure we have as many reporters as possible. <laughs> uh, hello, uh, friends here at the table. We, we are from ZBS, uh, reporting on the special occasion, the flight of Hindenburg and... Well, this is my good friend here, and uh, just kind of like try to socially navigate a little bit um, in an overly, probably assertive way. Why don't you make a a social etiquette roll? Ooh, so uh, you can successfully convince them that you are where you're supposed to be. Can I can I push for a slightly different take on this? Yeah, um, give, give me your take. So I'm thinking of this as I'm relying less on my own supposedness to be here and more on uh, the 
the fact of being here with radio broadcasting with the uh, publicity and trying to lean into like, you know where I'm from, you've heard of this, uh, the this is what we are, like, lean on that just a little bit on the prestige there more than the actual supposed to be here-ness. Because I kind of assume I'm not really supposed to do this. You assume correctly. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, okay, is that something okay. I can pull off? Or will, Yeah, yeah. Off? What, what okay. are you thinking of for the skill? Uh, art radio broadcasting. Yeah, go for it. That's a good idea. Uh-oh. Uh, 77, which is higher than my 70. Okay. So the gentleman with he has this large walrus mustache that hangs down over his lip uh on a, a really actually a very thin face and sort of uh hair that has receded but he is still fighting the battle to keep it at sort of the very top <laughs> of his head. Uh he says Yes, thank you for your interest, but I believe that the Lady Victoria and I will be enjoying our dinner now. Perhaps there would be a more appropriate time, madam. Joe sort of looks perturbed for just a moment. I, I guess I haven't described my the outfit I have in mind either, um, but I think kind of for just a moment goes a little bit like, like lets just the faintest bit of a sigh kind of come out and then tries to pick up the personality again. Uh, Joe Harkness is dressed in sort of like striped trousers with suspenders, a uh, little bit held up high-waisted, um, and a white shirt with just a short, short tie on it, and has a hat but isn't wearing it um, that would be sort of asymmetrically swooped up, um, but is kind of left that back at uh, her seat. It would be gauche to wear a hat during dinner. It would be, exactly. You have to take it off and introductions and all that. It would be really over the top. But you... Those who saw uh, Joe arrive would have seen a Joe take the hat off at the entrance uh, before coming in on board the ship. Right, of course, yes. Ah, well, I'll be going then. Of course, dinner awaits. Please, please enjoy. And Ruth, if you need anything, please let me know. Uh, yes, we'll we'll have to catch up. Absolutely. Um, sort of blinks at you, and and slinks back to her table. Antonia, you are staring down at this menu. Mm. Do you do you speak German? Yes. Hmm. Well, do you have okay. a skill in that? <laughs> no. Oh. Do I have to have a skill in that? <laughs> yes. I speak some German. I specifically got a skill in it. <laughs> Antonia speaks mother tongue and English. <laughs> do I have to have a skill in English too? No, okay. it's okay. We're going to assume everyone speaks <laughs> Everyone English. speaks common. Yes. <laughs> the lingua, lingua anglaise. Mm. Is the menu in German? Oh, yeah. Ah. You look down. Uh, the waiter is standing next to you and says, uh, Madam, may I, might I take your order? Uh, the, I will have chef's recommendation. Oh, yes, of course. And then hand it over. Hand over the menu. You, madame? She's looking towards Delilah. Um, I don't know any German food, really. <laughs> you can look at the menu if you like. A, I would like to look at the menu. <laughs> okay, make a German roll. All right, all right. Jack said, please look at the menu. <laughs> you don't have to look at the menu. <laughs> all right, I passed that. I rolled a 37 under my 60. 
Nice, nice. So you you can easily read the menu. Um and it seems to be pretty uh pretty general like f- fancy food fare. Um there is this addition this this initial board of appetizers that they offer uh and sort of like a, a charcuterie set. Um but then they also have uh a a bratwurst, a goulash, uh and then several steaks. Ah, oh, yes, uh I think I would like one of these steaks here. And and how do you take it, madame? Oh, I like it red and fresh. Red and fresh it is. Uh, and you, sir? Ah, whatever you yourself would recommend, I'm sure. I will uh, ask the chef to make his uh, recommendations. We have, of course, the famous gentleman from Alsace, uh, Mr. Pierre Lebrun, with us this evening. And he will collect the menus and depart. As we're getting these food orders in, what do these people look like? Do you mean you people? Yes. I think that's a good idea. Antonia, why don't you tell us what what we see? Yeah, Antonia is a a very tall, statuesque woman with long, dark hair that she has pulled up in like a, a large updo. Not like a beehive, but like a bun. And she's wearing... A decent amount of makeup just to like accentuate her her blue eyes and lips and she is wearing a fancier outfit of a black dress with a fur draped around her shoulders and she has a general air of detachment while also looking down on everyone delilah has this very hollywood blonde look to her um She's tall, um, she has these long legs, and um, she's wearing this very, like, it's not, like, it's, like, post-1920s, you know? It's, it's a very long dress that's not super form-fitting, but, like, is clearly very nice, and it kind of gives her lots of range of movement in her arms. Um, and she's got her hair done up, like I said, like, in that Hollywood blonde look, um, so nice and styled and coiffed and curled. I think she's probably a comparable height to Antonia. They're both very tall, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she kind of carries herself with like a very precise balance and elegance to her. Every movement is very intentional. And she has this beautifully done up face. Just really charming looking. And she's buff as hell. And she's buff as hell. She's buff as hell. <laughs> Ripped. <laughs> Is that clear through the uh, the clothing, or is she wearing clothes that sort of minimize it? I think, because, so, she is wearing, like I said, something that gives her a lot of freedom of movement. I think, though, like, her her arms have a light fabric that kind of goes up and down it, so that you can't see her arms super well. But it's not tight, and it's, it's probably kind of loopy a little bit, too. Okay. Victor? You see a a relatively small man, really, of, of sort of average height, uh, very sort of pale. Uh, this is this is a man of sickly constitution. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is he a short king? <laughs> 
He is next to Antonia yes. and Delilah. <laughs> uh, so, like, <laughs> yes, by comparison, if nothing else. <laughs> what, like, sort of dishevelment there is all seems to be very deliberate. He has, he has this little pencil mustache. Uh, you've got your hair sort of, like, pomaded, and a little bit of it's coming loose, but it's it's just so. Very neat herringbone suit. Uh, very faint scent of sulfur. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pencil mustache. It's the 30s pencil mustaches are in! They are yeah, in. They are. they are in. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All I can think about the strategic dishevelment is the in Twilight when they put a wire under Robert Pattinson's <laughs> collar. It you always was the most intense form of pretentious dishevelment. <laughs> It's exactly like that. It's just like Twilight. <laughs> a few minutes later, your meals are brought out. Uh, Delilah, your steak. Antonia, out comes this enormous Wiener schnitzel. Just this, this big sausage on the plate. <laughs> a foot long, if it's an inch. And just covered in onions and sauces uh is is this for table uh no it, it's uh, the chef's selection for you madame oh <laughs> good <laughs> perfect and for victor out comes a goulash oh darling i didn't realize you were so into your sausage <laughs> well i hear germans have best sausage seems your steak is a little bloody uh what was your name my name? Oh, darling, I'm sorry I didn't introduce myself. Delilah Adams. Mm, does not suit you. <laughs> well, back home, we like our meat. Nice and bloody. Keeps it full of flavor. Gross. Enjoy your blood. I'm sure you wouldn't understand on your rations back home. Victor, it's getting a little, getting a little tense here. <laughs> if that steak is not enough for you, Delilah, you are more than welcome to have my wiener. Oh, well, thank you for offering. I might take you up on that. Later, perhaps. And you? She will turn to Victor. You, please say something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's more than enough sausage to go around. <laughs> not good either. Uh, Arkness, Arkness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Victor, you are just so funny. <laughs> I think Joe's coming back to the table right now. It maybe um, pauses for a second, uh, coming up and kind of looks over the exchange and just slides back over next to uh, Antonia. Antonia, they, this business is harder than I'd like to admit. I see you've made introductions. And who are, who are our friends here? Uh, this is Victor. He apparently thinks that there's plenty of sausage to go around. Oh, but I, of course, all already know you. I would know that voice anywhere. As soon as you open your mouth, like, the, the like, <laughs> sort of push back the social expression of, like, oh, I'm meeting people, like, uh, introduce me. Like, it's starting to, like, the vibes are picking back up after disappointment and immediately just, like, drop back down again. <laughs> uh, and just hand to the forehead for a second uh, it just looks back up and, 
Ah, yes. Ah, Victor, yes. Very good. Um, you, well, Antonia, Victor calls in regularly uh, to ZBS. Ah. What, what brings you, Victor, to, the, to this arrangement? Why, why are you here? How are you here? Well, of course, a, an individual does, at times, desire to return to the country of one's birth. Briefly, of course. Uh, but, my dear lady, I am here primarily to investigate the effects that this new mode of transportation may have upon the German spirit. The eagle, of course, being... Uh, one and the same with, with the aeroplane, whether or not this rising from the, the mortal to the spiritual realm itself impose, imposes itself upon this particular mode, the various effects which go along with it. Obviously, when the spiritual self is engaged, the physical aspects may go neglected. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of that spiel, I think Joe kind of interrupts. He goes, and who are you? Uh, I, I don't think I've met uh, you before. Antonia, who's your uh, tall friend here? Uh, she is shorter than me. This is Delilah. I don't think that's not true, but... I think it might be true. You already got me with the accent. Fuck you. <laughs> it's dangerous. We can't do it. <laughs> Southern accents are dangerous. Uh, this is Delilah, was it? Uh, she has four stomachs, like cow. Ah! Four stomachs? <laughs> well, I dare say I'm not the one that's eating a giant sausage right in front of her. She's also jealous of my sausage. <laughs> Delilah, as you sort of reach down and touch uh, your plate and during this conversation, you feel a sl- scrap of paper underneath the plate it's just sort of sticking out on the edge i think delilah will she's not going to look at it right away she feels it and she Mm -hmm. immediately like tucks it away like like into her hand can you just make a i would say that this is probably a stealth check to conceal this bit of paper can we roll can i try to see her a contested check against it no it's always rolling under Oh, I see. Okay. I don't believe she took stealth. Um, I took a lot of stealth. I have a stealth of 80, and I rolled a four, so I think I passed that. <laughs> you do, indeed. Get fucked, you Antonia. God damn it. It's just me that didn't <laughs> take stealth. you just slip it out into your hand. Oh, no, I also didn't away. take stealth. Okay, that's good. <laughs> well, I think I might go freshen up a little bit, you know. I wouldn't want to, um... Dig in without looking my best. And she's going to go up and search for a powder room. Okay. Now, uh, Antonia, this may be forthright upon becoming so newly acquainted, but I dare say you seem to have such a strong connection to your animus. Your shadow self is very realized. Are you aware (laughs) of this? Intimately. I think Delilah will roll her eyes at this <laughs> before she departs. <laughs> so, Delilah, you can 
<laughs> I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> you can make your way downstairs uh, to one of the passenger restrooms uh, that are set aside and go in and, and lock the door. And when you do, you see uh, a small note in your hand written in German. And it just says, at your disposal, P.L. All right. Well, I think first she will... She's going to eat the note. Because <laughs> she's a fucking spy, obviously. She's going to eat the note. She's going to eat the note. <laughs> okay. Wrap it up. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming Pierre spikes it up a little bit for her, because this is how I think spies dispose of secret notes. <laughs> yep. Hold on, I'm reading this message from Avery. <laughs> Avery, Note would you like Avery. to... Can you read it out loud, please, for the podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is, this is uh, based on my, like, quick Googling of, like, Jungian stuff so that I can just, like, throw jargon around like I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, the animus for women or the anima for for men is sort of the archetype that re- reflects the characteristics of the opposite gender. Uh, so when you're like Bluebeard's Bride, you have your your anim- you have your animus role, which goes yeah, you have your your more like typically masculine instincts to protect and what have you. Uh, we're doing gender essentialism here. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so functionally, functionally, Victor is here stating that uh, Antonia is is in touch with her masculinity. <laughs> Antonia's being abrasive, like a man, and has a big sausage, and has a you big sausage. Very, well, you seem very comfortable with your sausage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll explore the sausage later. Yeah, clearly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So you can eat, you can eat the note and, and return to the table. Uh, and as the night progresses, uh, wine will be served and some desserts. Uh, there's a lovely, a lovely tartufo is presented to you all. And before long, the night progresses and uh, a few of the gentlemen suggest, ah, uh, might be time for, uh, to partake of some of those cigars and, most of the passengers begin making their way towards the smoking cabin. Do any of you join them? Yes. I, so. I mean, yeah. clearly. Um, yeah. Okay. The three of you do? Are most people going to the smoking room? Um, many of them, not all of them. Yeah, I'll, I'll go along too. Sure. Okay. Sure, um, sure. I think I have two things. Um, yeah. As we are, as like the tables are being cleared, I think um, Delilah will tell... Um, one of the the waiters. Um, my compliments to the chef. It was quite a delight for a meal. Of course, madam. And I have a question for you, Antonia. Are you wearing heels? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. We might. So if we're the same height, it might just be a competition of who can wear the higher heel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like this is something that we've progressed through on our journey is that like, yeah. every day we're just wearing slightly higher heels to outmatch each other's height. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> Terrifying. Fascinating. Um, 
when the Hindenburg crashes were on stilts. (laughs) (laughs) So you make your way towards uh, the smoking room. And uh, as you do so, the first officer says, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, so all is clear. This is the only area on board the ship where smoking is allowed. Uh, The lighters are chained to the tables uh, for safety reasons. Uh, We also have a small bar serving wine, spirits, cocktails. Uh, Please enjoy yourselves. And the walls in this room are covered with many, many maps uh, depicting voyages projected and otherwise for the Hindenburg and other airships, which looks a bit like this. Hmm. Which is a photograph of the Hindenburg's smoking room. Really? Yes. I love how 60s it is. All of these are real photographs of the real Hindenburg. From 1938? Yes. It's been colorized, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But yes. Can I go up to the um, person who just said that? Was it the first mate or the steward? First officer. First officer? I'll just go up to him privately. Yeah, madam, how can I help you? If I might ask, uh, what is the reason we cannot smoke on the rest of the ship? Uh, Well, the hydrogen is uh, quite flammable. And while it is contained to the dirigible, there can be... If there was a leak, it is a safety precaution, you see. Uh, Not that there are any leaks. It is absolutely safe, but we want to take every possible precaution uh, to ensure that there are no delays or other difficulties on your journey. Mm, That is wise. Uh, Is there a way I could learn more about the construction of the Hindenburg? I am very interested in propulsion. I understand it is top secret, but... Is there Why don't... a tour? Can I put my arm on his... Can I put my hand on his arm? My arm on his shoulder. No. My hand on his arm, please. <laughs> Why don't you make me a charm roll? Okay. I succeed. Okay. He says, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what are you wondering about? Uh, I, I might be able to arrange a, a tour tomorrow if you, you're interested. Uh, a private tour, even. Ah. Uh. You would be just my favorite person. <laughs> you are very kind. Uh, I, I am here to serve your desires, madame. Ah, well, you are doing an amazing job of that. Uh, what is your name? Um, my, my name is on another sheet. Sorry, honey. No, it's fine. I just have a lot of papers because I'll never write things down again. Um... <laughs> that is uh, Friedrich Rao, madame. Friedrich. Well, I shall see you tomorrow, Friedrich. Thank you, madame. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. And he'll take a step out, and you hear the door go clunk, and there's a slight chunk as you see that it's sort of a, it's actually like a valve system that seals in this compartment. Oh my god. I mean, it has to be tight, although hydrogen leaks will get into anything. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I love that they were just like, we can't possibly ask people to not smoke for three days, even if it would blow up the ship. They'll smoke in their rooms and kill us all. Yeah. 
I mean, it's true, actually. <laughs> it's like if they built a smoking room on a spaceship. If the ISS had a smoking room. That'd be so terrifying. fun. <laughs> <laughs> if the ISS had been built 20 years earlier, it would. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So you make your way back in. And uh, Joe, as you're sort of standing there, do you smoke? Uh, yeah, I think so, probably. Okay. The, the cigar is just heavenly. It's really fine quality. Tremendous mouthfeel. Uh, but could you just make for me an alertness roll? And I can try. 19. Yeah, if it's double zeros, it's the... Oh, no. Double zero and a nine. So that's actually uh, just a nine, right? That's a nine. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, okay, uh, so I, I presume that that is a success for you. Oh, yes, uh, <laughs> very much. <laughs> very nice, very nice. I don't know um, I, I don't know if there are critical successes or anything. I forgot if that's a thing, but... Um, there are. I believe that the critical is a, is a, one, is a, a zero or a 100. I guess a one or a 100. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, because I think sense. all zeros is 100, and there is no yes. zero in... Yes. 100 is a critical failure. Yeah. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. But yes, this is a success. Okay, so you see out of the corner of your eye a young man uh, who is just looks completely disheveled emerging from one of the corners. He has this... The top of his shirt is just sort of torn open and his eyes are wild and he's just leaping towards you. Oh, towards me? Oh, shit. Towards you, yeah, straight towards you. Uh, uh, make a make a dodge roll. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I've rolled a 76. My dodge is only a 50. Okay. So he lunges and tackles you to the ground, and you feel pain as he just bites into your upper shoulder. Ah! Oh, my God. Uh, and ah! you're going to take... If you could just roll a d3 for me. We got zombies on this ship? Uh, I've rolled a 1. Okay, so you're going to take one point of damage uh, as he bites off a chunk of flesh in your shoulder. I'm assuming we all see this. Yeah, everyone yeah. is just screaming and going crazy. Uh, two attendants, yeah. uh, one one of the bartender rushes out from behind the bar, and one of the attendants uh, who you uh, recognize as a as a guard. Uh, by the presence of his insignia, like rushes towards you and just wrestles the man to the ground as he's just like screaming and spitting your blood uh, onto their shirts and sh- and and he's just kind of dragged back. Everyone's looking on in absolute shock, and you just have like this this growing uh, blood stain. Is uh, he like yeah. bit through your shirt? Uh, I'm gonna grab like uh some like cloth napkins and just go up to joe and start trying to give her a little bit of first aid this is also like wildly visible on the white shirt that joe is wearing like it's just oh yeah really blossoming out yeah um, um make a first aid check no i failed <laughs> i'm okay. like aid. in the 80s i do have first aid <laughs> You should so try switching you like, dice. I'm switching. You just kind of like pack some some things in there. It's it's pretty clear to you that you it it's not serious. Um, it's not like a terribly deep cut, but it's definitely painful. And um, 
you don't really know. And it's just kind of this ragged thing because his teeth just sort of chewing in. It's, it's not great. Um, so you can, it, the bleeding will slowly stop uh, as you just kind of pack more fabric onto it. Uh, some, the bartender uh, brings over hurriedly a, uh, several um, uh, napkins to help you with that uh, as the man is, is just uh, wrestled out of the room uh, and, and dragged away. Heaven, someone grab a doctor. I think Joe is like looking frantically between Antonia and uh, I guess as the bartender comes over the bartender uh, is trying to kind of help with the napkin slash also be out of the way uh, of like stopping someone from helping, but is a little bit like not sure what to do. Um, uh, and you see Ruth is just there like looking shocked and horrified. Do you know that man? Do, do I know that man? I was about to ask the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, make an alertness roll. I've rolled a 70. Is it? And my score is a 70. I don't know what that means. Uh, that is a good question. Let's find out. I think ties go to the roller yeah. in Cthulhu. I would assume it'd be similar for this. Equal to or less than. You got it in okay. order, Maggie. Um, so he kind of, okay, he seems familiar, but like you not, you don't know him, but you think you've seen him. You think you saw him somewhere today, like maybe around the the loading dock or when you were waiting to board the ship. You don't remember with specificity, but... Uh, his clothes more than anything else look familiar to you. Um, How is he and dressed? They looked, he was dressed um, nicely, kind of like elegantly. Like he had a he had a suit pants and shirt on. He was wearing suspenders, but he didn't have a suit jacket, and his shirt was sort of torn. Um, it just it like elegant, very fashionable clothes, but in a bit of disarray. Um, and Joe, with your sort of, uh, journalist's mind, you can see that there was like a smudge of engine oil on his, uh, on his trousers. Mm. Okay. Uh, and a few minutes later, the captain, uh, hurries into the room and says, my, my deepest apologies to you all. I, this is a terribly unfortunate incident. Uh, we have learned that this young, deranged man uh, snuck on board the airship during loading and, and hid in the cargo hold. Uh, the, the crew will keep him locked away there for the remainder of the voyage, and when we arrive, he shall be handed over to the German embassy in the United States. Uh, please, uh, ma'am, accept my... Uh, sincere apologies for this, this terrible incident. I say, sir, I am a licensed psychotherapist. <laughs> I <laughs> believe I ought to speak to the young man if you're so disturbed. There are a number of emanations which may have troubled his consciousness uh, emanations uh, <laughs> what, what sort of emanations do you mean 
these are primarily emanations from leaving the the earth. As we ascend higher, so too does the spirit disconnect from the body, and as the mind seek the realm of dreams, so too do we become more vulnerable to suggestion and to... Uh, I assure you, sir, the aircraft is perfectly safe. It has nothing to do with the ascent. Oh, it has nothing about his 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 physical well-being, sir. I am concerned with the matters of 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 the mind. Why don't you make a persuasion check? I would love to make a persuasion check. <laughs> oh my take, god! Take a ten penalty because you have suggested that the airship. For my wild fucking mad. bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, no, this is something that he very much does not want to be true. Uh-huh, given uh-huh. that, uh, as as some of you have heard, this is a venture that he has quite a lot of money staked into. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Understandable. Persuasion uh, of skill? Persuasion. Yeah, persuasion of skill. Uh, oh, I see it. That's a 47, so even with the doc to, to 70. Uh Okay. Wow. Um, from, nice. from 80 to 70. That's a persuasive uh, I, guy. Yeah. So he will say, uh, all right, in in the morning, I will let you examine him. Right now, uh, he is, uh, he was completely out of his mind and, and he was sedated by the crew. But in the morning when he wakes, you can speak to him if you uh, believe it would be medically necessary. Well, you aren't going to let him out, are you? No, no, we're not going to let him out. He's going to remain restrained in the cargo hold. He's sedated, you say? Yes. Ought not someone observe him? Oftentimes it is in our dreams that we connect most deeply to the collective unconscious. (laughs) Perhaps. uh, I, I assure you that there are guards posted and... Uh, they will note any uh, dreams which are experienced. And, and speaking of dreams, it, it might be best for everybody to get uh, a good night's sleep, uh, rest, madame, and, and uh, heal. And uh, so if, if your dreams reveal any uh, discoveries, uh, please oh, let me know. You shall be the first to know. Uh, yes. Um, th- thank you. <laughs> thank you. Before we sort of go our separate ways to rooms and things. Um, I, I do think before the uh, Captain uh, Proust begins to sort of depart, um, Joe will sort of stand back up and kind of uh, steady herself a little bit, uh, kind of nod and thank uh, Antonia and the bartender and, and kind of walk up to the captain and um, well, Captain, this is most unfortunate incident, but um, I, uh, could I speak with you for just a moment? Um, yeah, yeah, yes, of, of course, madame, of course. Yeah, uh, yes, just, uh, and we'll kind of take the captain aside and still kind of holding maybe a little bit too dramatically, uh, like where the blood is mostly stopped flowing. It's, it's really been like padded up and pressed. And now, captain, you see, I, this is very unfortunate. And I, I do have to report for CBS, uh, but I, I was thinking that this between you and I. This is clearly no fault of yours. And, and I, I just thought maybe a, a more detailed report on the safety of the ship and a, a, a tour through the workings would really reassure the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 perhaps... Uh, I, I'm terribly sorry for this, uh, ter- this uh, terrible uh, in- injury. Uh, perhaps there might be some things that would be uh, more significant for your reporting to cover. 
Yeah. Um. So we shall schedule a tour, uh, for you tomorrow of of the ship and the working, so you can examine all of that and report to your readers. And uh, let me. I feel terribly sorry for your uh, inconvenience and, and, and pain here. Uh, perhaps we might move you to the first-class cabin, uh, provide you a little bit more space to work on your uh, report. Uh, I know there's, there's an excellent writing desk in there uh, that would uh, enable you to work more comfortably. Oh, yes, Captain, that is such a generous offer. I... And I think, surely, uh, seeing the rest of the ship will get much more important matters for me to attend to. Indeed, quite right. Excellent, yes, excellent. Uh, uh, Friedrich will assist you with uh, moving your bags to the uh, new accommodations. Thank you so, so much, Captain. Um, and with sort of like a, a little bit of a glint left in their eyes, still kind of turn away and uh, find Friedrich. Yes. And, Jack, I, uh, Friedrich, I, yes. I had a, I, I had a question. Please. It was a while ago, and I didn't want to interrupt. Could I tell if the captain was lying when he said that the guy was a stowaway? Um, you can make a insight. I believe so. That would make sense. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> well, a sixty-nine, nice. Um, but I failed. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but really, he- you succeed. In your own <laughs> you know the problem with the chance. Germans they're inscrutable <laughs> they love their procedure and their details and this you know that this was such a, a horrible shock to this guy you don't know what he's thinking alright sounds like someone doesn't know enough German <laughs> <laughs> clearly it was an oversight when I came on this mission are we turning in for the night uh, that seems to be where everyone is going. Uh, the mood has truly been killed in the uh, smoking lounge. And everyone's heading off to their beds. I think Delilah will, will have this big, big yawn. Ooh. Well, this is enough excitement for someone like me tonight. I think I better turn in for the night. I'll see y'all tomorrow. And she will head back to her cabin and make preps to sneak out later tonight. Okay. I was, was going to do the same thing. I hope she would, obviously. <laughs> All right. So you both you both prepare to sneak out in the night. Yeah. Separately. We're Victor. We separately. Each other, obviously. <laughs> Is, what's Victor doing? Victor should also sneak out. What if we I, all sneak out? I think we might all sneak out. <laughs> I, I think Victor honestly probably tries to find Joe... He does intend to sneak out, and really, like, by sneak out, we really... He doesn't have a sneaking bone in his body. Uh, <laughs> I, it, he, he, I mean, go wherever he wants and, like, claim that he's supposed to be there. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. <laughs> we have remarkably similar approaches. <laughs> for distractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, Joe, you hear, like, a, you hear, you hear a knock on your door. <laughs> I think there's, like, the scooting back of whatever chair is at the desk um, and a few footsteps um, before the door <laughs> opens and Joe peeks out. <laughs> He's like, Oh, Victor, it's you. Can I help you? Miss Harkness, I hope I have not been disturbing anything. Certainly your recovery is paramount, but 
as the victim of these unfortunate circumstances, I did wonder if you might have any insight into the disturbances of the self of this unfortunate young man. As you are sure, a journalist of your caliber, I am sure, uh, is is aware of the effects of the manifesting subconscious in, in the dreams that this young man is sedated, I simply must observe. And you, as the victim, certainly have a right to confront the individual who assailed you. Mr. Evangelique, are you asking me to go with you on board this ship to the storage where a deranged person who just bit me is being kept under guard, Mr. Evangelique? The door's closing behind uh, already <laughs> as... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in the- it is where... We are not wanted that we are most needed. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. This fucking Sky. asshole. <laughs> I love Victor dearly, and if I ever met him in real life, I would punch him immediately. <laughs> Honestly, we all need a little more Victor Evangelique energy. <laughs> the door continues closing right up until the last second and stops. And a few seconds uh, pass, and you hear just momentary sort of moving around, rummaging. And it opens back up. All right. One condition. Certainly. It's your idea and has been the whole time. I just got a little lost. You were, of course, showing me back where my quarters, you know, should trouble arise. Oh, but of course. Of course. I appreciate your chivalric aid. <laughs> Close the door step out, um, you'll notice, like, a small bag with, like, writing, uh, like, pads and utensils. So the two of you, I gathered, are making your way towards the cargo hold? Yes. So you know that's downstairs, and you sort of make your way uh, out of the cabin area and down. Delilah and Antonia. Yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. I have a question for you, Maggie, for comedy reasons. Yeah. I'm imagining two scenarios that we could play out, which is like a montage of us getting ready in our rooms and like in a split screen. Then we open the door and step outside and we're neighbors. Or (laughs) do we do we comedically yet sexily bump into each other later in our missions? I like comedically and sexily bump into each other later on in the mission. All right. I, I like the idea like montaging of like sneaking around and we barely miss each other several times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Until like the very last moment when we like literally back into each other. Okay, sounds good. So we both have montages of getting ready. Yeah. I'm going to wear like a very um I want to give the impression if I'm caught that I have been in a tryst somewhere. So I I'm, I'm going to look sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. Disheveled. Sexy. Sexy, sexy generic. Yeah. How, what what do you what does that mean? Sexy parenthesis 1930. <laughs> well, I'm wearing, you know, my sexy ankle length nightgown or whatever people wore in the 1930s. I think my hair down it's a bit disheveled. A little bit of smudge on the lipstick. Artfully done. Okay, okay. I like the implication that, like, you put on your pajamas to go have a tryst. <laughs> yes. 
Maybe it's more of a slip. Doesn't everyone? Like a slip that you wear under a dress. I don't know. You're, so you're literally in your underwear. Yeah, sure. I would wander around the ship. That's what makes it sexy, Maggie. (laughs) What is Delilah wearing? Um, (laughs) Spy outfit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Black turtleneck. Like, honestly, like, I wish I kind of had taken disguise as a (laughs) skill, but I. As a spot. But I did not. Um, Oh, fuck, I did. I should have got it in disguise. <laughs> I think Delilah is like dressed in black. <laughs> I imagine it's dark on the ship at this time. The lights are turned off. Um, and it it is dark outside uh, with only the starlight coming in through the windows. She She is wearing like a like a dark, very dark, dark blue and black outfit. Um, she's put a, a bandana in her hair to kind of cover the blondness of it um, so it doesn't reflect the light. I think she's still wearing a dress. It's just kind of like a, a simple evening gown um, that's very dark in case she does get caught. She doesn't look like she's coming back from a tryst. <laughs> That perhaps she could play a, a it off. Trist? <laughs> yeah, Trist. Trist. <laughs> she is trying to look and blend in as much as possible with the shadows. She's not wearing clippy heels anymore. She's moving silently <laughs> through the halls. Um, okay. And she's going to sneak in through the kitchen, specifically. Because there's the, um, yep. the lift between the kitchen and the diet. Hold on. So the dining area is on deck A, and the kitchen is on deck B, and mm-hmm. the cargo hold is also on deck B. Yeah. Okay, and it's near so, the kitchen. Yeah, I'm gonna try and yeah. S- so they're sneak so they're the stacked. Kitchen. So that yeah. the deck A is the bottom, and then deck B is above that, and then the flight deck is above that. Okay. So she'll go through the dining room, down the kitchen. So you're lift. like you're you're like going down the dumbwaiter. Yes, yes, I am because I'm a real spy, All right. Jack. Because you're a real spy, Delilah. You you make your way out. You look back and forth uh, and sneak out uh, into the uh, into the dining room area before crawling into a, into the dumbwaiter and uh, activating it to send you down to the kitchen. Where are you headed? Antonia? Um, I take the stairs. <laughs> okay. Where are you going? I go down to the end of the hallway on the passenger like cabin area down the stairs um, to the passenger washing rooms. Okay. So you make your way there. Uh, Joe and Victor. Yes. So you two are uh, wandering about downstairs. Uh, you hear a slight, uh, you, you hear, uh, there's, it seems like the crew are still moving about a bit. Um, there is, uh, the sound of movement in the kitchen, no doubt the chef cleaning up. Um, and where are you headed? Uh, are, are we taking a just front door approach to the storage and trying to get in there? Well, is he being, is he, is he being held there? That was what the captain seemed to indicate, but 
if you were to look at the plans, you see a couple places where uh, a gentleman could be held, whether it be in the administration office uh, or uh, perhaps the engine room. I I wouldn't mind if we ended up over by the engine room uh, for journalistic purposes. There is only a front door approach to the cargo hold, unless I suppose you want to try to get in through the engine room, but that raises the question of getting into the engine room. There are the windows. There are the windows. Are you going to climb out of the Hindenburg and back in? I am not a man of any great You are putting ideas in my head, Jack. I do have a 70 in athletics. Oh my god. (laughs) I will... I don't, I will, so I'm I will not going to do. kill I also, you. I also don't. <laughs> well, Mr. Evangelique, I, I think that this is probably the kind of opportunity where we should make our approach, get our story straight. Um, perhaps uh, you've been sent with me to, to supervise uh, identifying the assailant or matching spiritual energies or whatever. I am here to determine the manifestations of his subconscious. While we're walking down the hall, I think there's like a second, maybe like while we kind of pause, talk, and then kind of keep going. I I think maybe Joe sneaks in an extra question, just like, Mr. Evangelique, I don't know you all that well, but you call in quite a lot. Why do you call my show all the time? Well, Miss Harkness, I find myself intrigued by the manifestations of your subconscious. <sighs> Great <Pray> help. <laughs> Worst answer. <laughs> Are you getting manifestations of my subconscious through the radio? Are you sure it's not just the static? Miss Harkness, I find that we are at all times balancing a number of forces within ourselves which are vying for realization. That is only through the, the harnessing and the transformation of these that we can can achieve the unity of purpose within within the self. We we reveal the nature of our personal unconscious and its its association to the the more collective unconscious through our very words and actions regardless of whether we intend to or not. <laughs> None of this means anything. Yeah, he, he's so good at saying nothing. <laughs> Mr. So Mr. Evangelie, you said a lot there, and I'm not sure I followed you. Sounds like you think people have conflicting feelings and gotta figure them out. <laughs> I ain't sure what else you got uh, worked up in all that psychoanalysis, you called it. Wow. But anyways... It's uh oh I think um I think we're coming up to a door or something. <laughs> yes. I don't know uh, what to you say. See the door at the end of the hallway as uh I have infinite uh, there's bullshit. A, uh, now we we got to get to the door. <laughs> uh, as a a gentleman sort of you hear a clunk 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 sound from there and there seems to be a man in front of it uh adjusting a chair or something as he turns and then sits. He looks up at you. Uh Appears to be a, you know, a, a tired and and slightly scruffy looking man, uh, maybe in his mid thirties with dark hair, 
uh, wearing a, a crew uniform looks at the two of you and says, uh, might I, uh, help you, uh, sir, madam? Why, yes, I think, I think you, you indeed can. Uh, me and my compatriot here, I'm sure you saw the incident and gestures, uh, to sort of the spot. They, um, my associate was most shockingly and, and cruelly assaulted by a troubled individual. Yeah, yeah, I I have heard that. Uh, my most sincere apologies, madame, for all of your pain. He looks sort of very concerned for you. Hmm. Interesting, and like, is there something sort of strange about the concern, or is this just like a tired crew member who is uh, kind of freaked out, or... Make, uh, you can make an insight. Uh, 20, which is a success. It definitely seems unreasonable for the level of the severity of your injury. He he definitely looks, um, very affected mm. by this. But he seems mm. sincere, that's for sure. I really... I appreciate your level of concern here. I very responsible of you, very attentive of you. Uh, but you see, uh, I've given this troubling incident. The captain, uh, I spoke with the captain, as I, I'm sure you heard and saw. Um, and well, it's uh, come to us to ensure that, well, the mental stability of the, the sedated stowaway is uh, evaluated. Isn't that right? Um, yes, Mr. Evangelique here. That, that, is, that is indeed, indeed, indeed the case. And, and furthermore, this troubling incident has, has, of course, disturbed the balance between the self and the ego of my compatriot here. And <laughs> I am afraid she cannot rest. Cannot rest, dear sir, I assure you, until she has had the chance to have these fears put to rest. The slight twitch in the eye, uh, I think you get a... Oh, yes, I am very unbalanced right now by this. <laughs> you, you are? You are not uh, feeling well, ma'am? Oh, in no particular way, just hard to rest after such excitement. I'm sure you understand. A profound disturbance of the soul. Yes, well... Uh... Yes, actually profound. <laughs> Completely unsettled. Sometimes it is best not to rest, to let the mind go where it may, and to be wary. I understand such fear in this difficult circumstance. My sincere apologies that we are not able to prevent it. I'm sure then you will assist us in this effort of making sure that this individual is uh, less of a threat now. I can assure you, madame, he will not harm you or anyone else on the ship again. He is held and it is secure. Uh, my good sir, I would not question the actions of, of the crew, certainly, but these are words, and in the dark of the night, in the time of, of, of trouble, when the mind wanders, words are not so concrete a reassurance as that reassurance of the senses. I understand. Sir, I do. But for your sake and for the lady's sake, I cannot open this door. I am sorry. 
I can offer you some medication to help you rest. But that is all I can do. I have a, a, a small uh, tincture of heroin. <laughs> have some heroin for your troubles. <laughs> he holds out a, a small bottle uh, marked with the buyer label and heroin. Uh, <laughs> 10 milligrams. Yeah. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take uh, the take... bottle from him. I thought you were going to take him. the heroin. I'm not taking it. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not trying to You're ingest, ingest heroin. Right oh, that'd be so That's funny, not... though. <laughs> That's not... No. Is this the only uh, door into the cargo hold? Yes. Uh, it is a pain reliever, cough suppressant, and sleep aid. Yeah, it sure is. Delilah. I imagine I'm eavesdropping on this conversation at this point. Well, so you've come down and waiting there in the kitchen, sort of cleaning the knives there, is a gentleman that you have met before. Right, the chef. Uh, Pierre. And he looks at you as you uh, make your way down and says, Ah, as nimble as ever. Chef? At least that's what they're calling you right now well that is what i was originally trained for my father's patisserie once again serves my needs Hmm. my compliments for dinner thank you i don't know what you are looking for on the ship but i was instructed to give you whatever aid you requested so long as it did not compromise my position Well, Pierre, I don't know if you've heard, but there's been some excitement upstairs. Yeah, I thought I have heard. I think it's time for me to take just a little look at what's in that cargo hold. Is this relevant to your... And he draws close and says, I do not know, but I had assumed that we were here for the, the plans of the engines, the new propulsion system. That's certainly still on the docket, but I think it's worth checking out if there are some new types of discoveries being made by certain entities. Certainly the propulsion system is of interest, but if our friends here are coming up with new ways to, let's say, improve on their skills, I think it's worth investigating. I haven't forgotten the mission. I'm certainly just add on to it. All right, well, I will keep an eye open. Um, I don't have any access to the cargo hold, but I will uh, attempt to get a key. Uh, and I will pass it to you if I can find one. Uh, I have been informed for the administration office that the keys are in the hands of the captain and... Uh, Mr. Rao, as well as uh, uh, Mr. Newman, the administrator. I assume that any of the engineers uh, would have a key to the engine room, but we would need to locate that. Are these gentlemen work late? Not likely. The 
engines are on uh, autopilot while we are in flight. The only thing that they need to do is uh, check the logs and ensure that they're in proper working order. There might be one in there, but I suppose at dinner tomorrow I could place a soporific in their meals, give you free access to their keys and their post. I think that would be mad helpful, Pierre. All right, tomorrow then. Tomorrow they shall sleep deeply. Thank you for your business, as always. You're a wonderful chef. Thank you. Godspeed. Let this be a blow for freedom. She'll give a little, like, half salute. And I guess she'll climb back up the dumbwaiter. Okay. Antonia. That. You are likely, like, sort of down the hall and probably are overhearing this conversation between uh, Joe, Victor, and the gentleman standing in front of the door. Uh, Definitely. I imagine I went <laughs> by the bathrooms and stopped along the hallway right by nine and then kind of looked mm-hmm. over my shoulder at the door while I was waiting and was like, oh, I should go in here <laughs> and I'm going to try and get into the administration office. Okay. So the door is locked. Yes. Uh, you can either make me a craft lock uh, locksmith roll or you can make me a... Um, if you don't have that, you can do a use gadgets to try to pick pick the lock. Well, I did take. Didn't you do street smarts with with breaking and entering? I changed it to espionage. <laughs> <laughs> but I have used gadgets. I rolled a four. Oh, nice! Oh, <laughs> a four because nice. Uh-huh. Opens up. You see that the room is dark. Is there anyone in and there? You can go in. No. Okay. It is dark and quiet. I will sneak in while I hear the others talking about heroin. (laughs) All right. And close the door behind you. Or do do you? Yes. Okay. Uh, It is pitch black in here, then. It's interior. There's no windows. I assume there's a lamp. Mm -hmm. You can risk the light. Yeah. Okay. Light light goes on. I'll take my, like, my robe that I have over and I'll stuff it in the door to make sure no light goes out good idea that is a good idea thank you thank you what a spy you are (laughs) um okay so you see that uh there is this uh, in the administration office there is a desk there's a side table that has a glass box uh and the top of it is open um and there is nothing inside it as far as you can see and there's a table with a large stack of papers. There is a telegraph machine in the corner, which has just finished printing out a Morse code fragment. I will take my gloves out of my bra and put them on. Your brassiere? My brassiere, yeah. My brazier. Um, and I'll check the glass box first. That's intriguing. The empty glass box. Okay. Does it look like dusty? Has it been used recently? Is there Uh, normally something stored in here? I would accept an administration search. I'll do search. Yep, I succeed. 27. 
Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it, it's quite. It, it's a little bit dusty, but otherwise quite clean on the inside. Uh, there is a small uh, set of depressions where it looks like um, things might rest. Not terribly heavy, just like a little dip. Uh, and those areas appear to be clean from you know things being t- put it in and taken out. But no, like indication of what those things might be. Nope. Okay, I'm gonna go read the Morse code thing. Okay, so you go over to the Morse code, um, and do you have language Morse code? I feel like espionage should be a skill That's, applicable to this. I will allow you to use espionage. Okay, thank you. Uh, to make a roll on there to translate the Morse code. Eight. Haha, These All dice right. are great. <laughs> you translate it. You have a, a you have a a German transmission right there. Oh, for fuck's sake! Do you have uh, language German? <laughs> But you do know someone who does. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> um, well, I will put that in my bazier and move my way to the desk. Okay, so you're taking it. I'm copying it down. That's an excellent oh, point. You're, you're, and you're taking the copy. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, like with like typewriters, is mm-hmm. is there like uh, a record of what was previously sent and received? No. So it there is like a ticker tape that comes out. Yeah. And that is what gets torn off and, and read at the end of the message. I see. Uh, there is like a waste paper basket where you can, where you could maybe search through and find some old messages. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you absolutely find a bunch of old messages there. Bruh. Okay. Okay. Desk. Uh, on the desk, so there are quite a few, uh, quite a bit of, of paperwork here, all uh, carefully organized into folders, and then one large book, which has clearly was just being worked on before being closed uh, when the room was left, uh, which you can tell even with your lack of German that it's an accounting ledger. Are there any recent large payments? Make an administration roll. Oh. What about search? <laughs> uh, no. I failed. Yeah, you flip through it and you don't really have a good idea because it's it uses double entry bookkeeping. So it's it's unclear to you what is payments going in, what are payments going out. Uh, you don't have any training in this. All right. But if you could find someone who does, it could potentially be quite revelatory. Do I have time to copy down? Like the most recent page. It's up to you. Do you copy it down? I'll leave that for last. I'll look at the other papers on the desk right now. Okay. Um, The other papers just seem to involve the provisions from the voyage. There's scheduling notifications. There are, you know, for the flight plan that was filed, et cetera, et cetera. Are there any secret compartments in the desk or in the room? Make a search roll. Oh, that's a success. Yes. You do find uh, that one of the drawers seems to have a bottom that has, uh, it's a slat of wood that has been slid over it. So there's actually a space about uh, two inches wide under there. You slide it back Mm -hmm. and it reveals a half used package of cigarettes and a small lighter. (laughs) 
This is what causes the Hindenburg to fail, actually. That's funny. Is there an ashtray in this office? Yeah. In the desk, within the secret compartment. <laughs> is any, is it, is there ash? Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> Going through in someone's day, I take. <laughs> okay. You, you're taking the, the lighter and the cigarettes? Yes, I'm not going to get blown up by some fool. All right. God. You now have a lighter and cigarettes. This is so funny. I feel like this is going to come back. <laughs> This is like a Chekhov's gun if I've ever this seen one. This was the Chekhov's gun, so I've taken it. <laughs> All right. I've stolen Chekhov's gun, and I'm putting it in a gun safe. My boobs. All right. You're putting it in your hands. You have the Chekhov's gun. When will you fire it, Emily? <laughs> Joe and Victor, you've been going back and forth with this gentleman. He does not yes. appear that he's going to budge. I, I think at this point, Joe is giving up, and it's kind of turned and is already yeah. like grabbing, like, the side of like by your elbow and pulling you along back down the hall um with a kind of a, a back like thank you very much for your hospitality here um we i'll get some rest and just sort of starts trying to woo mr evangelique okay also didn't the captain give you permission to look at the guy tomorrow anyway <laughs> yes yes yeah but i want yes i want to yes, yeah i look as as a, a devoted reader of of uh, of Sung-Kyung's works, I of course believe deeply in the power of of dreams to reveal the subconscious. <laughs> so you're gonna grab this man, shake him, and go, "What is your dream?" <laughs> well, I wanted to watch him sleep, but we're <laughs> <laughs> not gonna do anything. We're just gonna watch him. <laughs> Yes, a regular. And Edward. I wanted to be in the area so I could look at other things, but <laughs> oh. okay. Alas. And you brought Joe with you to do this too. <laughs> all right. Oh, I, you all what a mess. Your it, is, it is weird from your perspective that you brought me with you. <laughs> <laughs> like I know why I why I came with you, but it's a very different reason than you brought me. I think. Well, if you're going to watch a man sleep, you might as well have some entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) So you all make your way back to your bedrooms, it seems. Uh, Some of you with more uh, treasures in hand than others. Oh, I take that ledger, by the way. You're taking the whole thing? Well, I copy it. Unless you tell me I don't have time. No, no, you said you 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 were copying the last page. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Um. For all except Joe, the rooms are tasteful, but pretty small and just enough for a bed and some basic storage to keep a change of clothes. Uh, for Joe, the bed is, the, the room is about twice the size of the previous one. There's a small desk, which is anchored in place, and then a chair uh, as well. Um, and then just this little sort of... Uh, like love seat at the end of the bed where you could uh, sit and and take tea if you so wished. Um, just a, a much nicer and it, it it's clearly the first class accommodations is it has a, an air of gentility that makes you very pleased. Is there a library aboard this ship or can I ask a crew member for a German to English dictionary? You could absolutely do that tomorrow, but most of the crew is asleep at this point. Okay, cool. <laughs> you don't want to ask your good friend, Delilah? Shut up. <laughs> well, or one of the other players. I mean, there's there's Joe, there's Victor. Maybe they can speak German. 
No, they but can't. You, you know. You don't know that. You don't know, you that. know who speaks German. Shut up. You know that Delilah does speak German. Speaks at least sixty percent German. Literally the enemy. I don't know what you're talking about, darling. So as you change and and go to sleep, uh, you lie in bed, soothed by the gentle rocking of the airship and the distant, soft sound of wind rustling. You only now realize how exhausted you are after a long day of travel and fall asleep. And just before your mind drifts away, Joe, did you take the heroin? Uh, yes. Uh, but <laughs> oh. I was going to add one minor alteration to... You took the um, heroin? Fascinating. Yeah. I love this for did you. you. But did, but but did you, you take the heroin, but did you yourself? ingest the heroin? The heroin? Uh, I'm thinking about ingesting the heroin. I haven't done it yet. You should. I, I just, I only went so far as take, uh, as in it's in my possession, and I'm, the follow-up is I'm probably contemplating it right now. That's, that's fair. I think Victor would certainly, like, on the one hand, like, warn you against doing this for of course your own safety lest you connect yourself too strongly your your dreams uniting in the collective unconscious unless of course that's what you're after and victor's gonna shoot up like hell (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about all this collective unconscious and stuff um but i know i'm exhausted and I know that tonight was a bit of a bust. And I've been recently cannibalized. Um, Mr. Evangelique, thank you very much for your attempt and your help tonight. Um, I think I'll see you in the morning. Um, and turn sort of towards the door to open and close it, I think. and mm-hmm. um, Unless Victor intervenes. No. I think you should take think- the heroin. <laughs> Definitely. I think Joe sits in the the sort of love seat um, on her own for a little bit, and sort of tries to force herself to relax. Not taking the heroin just yet, um, and just if there were anyone there to see, uh, it's any pretense sort of fades, and just sort of the the look of someone distressed by the events that have transpired, the failure. The, had they've just had um and also sort of a discomfort that they've been trying to sort of suppress with just being up in the air again um it's it's been a little while but not long enough between between now and when uh their plane crashed which is what ended their career as an air racer um and left them with a an injured leg and they sort of work at a brace that's on that that she has on her left leg kind of (sighs) take a deep sigh a deep breath and a deep sigh and um yeah i think she'll take some of the heroin okay you toss back the pills and lie back just before each of your minds drifts away into slumber there's a weird sensation of hunger and chills running through your body. Suddenly, the four of you are standing together in a frigid forest with a blizzard howling around you. You don't remember how you got here, 
or how long you have been out in the wild. All you know is that you will freeze to death if you don't find shelter soon. The wind rips around you, driving snow against your bodies, barely clothed, if at all, in bits of rags and fur. It is bitterly, deeply cold. I would like everybody, except for Joe, to make me an int roll. So what you do is you multiply your int score times five. And tell me if you rolled below that. Nope. Blessedly, nope. yes. <laughs> no. Okay, so Delilah, you're the only one. Delilah, something is wrong. This is not a simple dream. This is not normal. This should not be happening. Make me a sanity roll. Oh, God. You oh, need to roll shit. below your sanity. Nice. Yeah, um, that's a fail on the sanity. Okay, you lose 1d3 sanity. Whew. Damn. As you just try to grapple with the fact that this this is not normal. This is not right. This should not be happening. And it, it seems they all think that this is normal, but you know that something is fucking wrong here. Two sanity lost. All right. Is anyone looking for shelter? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. One of you needs to give me a roll for this. Uh, I will accept search, survival, track, navigate, or natural world. I have good search. I have a 50 in natural world. I have a 70 in search. It's your best bet currently then. Okay. 16. Okay. So you lead the group of them trudging through the snow um you can see that there's the shape of a, a rocky hillside in the distance and as you get closer uh you detect amidst the rocks the opening to a cave you guide the three of them in and victor make your natural world thing to try to start a fire with the bits and scraps of wood here that's a 46 that'll do it uh unfortunately right. i do think victor does like couple this with a some kind of terrible comment about escaping the frigidity of the world back to the the yonic warmth of the cave. Oh god. Oh god. god. <laughs> you huddle. I think you huddle around the yonic warmth of Victor's fire. No. <laughs> I think when Victor says this Delilah's like could you just not talk for 2 minutes. The cold sinks further into all of you, slowly driving the breath and the conversation and even the anger out until it is deadened. You huddle around the fire, cold and hungry. This shouldn't be happening. The back of the cave leads off into darkness, deep primordial an unpleasant foreboding keeps driving your eyes back only to glance away as you look around the cave you notice the strange shadows cast by your bodies in the warm glow of the flames somehow they feel different larger and more menacing than usual and then a piercing, bone-chilling scream rips through the air. 
you instantly wake up still cold and very, very hungry. And you're all each lying in your beds. Victor immediately rolls over, grabs a notebook, and starts writing this all down. You hear a knock at your door, Victor. You want to open the door? Uh, and when you open the door, the captain is standing in front of it and saying, uh, Mr. Evangelique? The very same. I think it is best if you come with me. Ah, may I have but a moment to attire myself more properly? Yes, uh, do so quickly. There's an important need for that we have for your services. Um, are we neighbors? Because I would like to follow them if I can hear this we'll happening. We'll get to you in a minute. <laughs> okay. We'll get to you in a minute, Delilah. Okay. Um, the captain goes and knocks on Antonia's door. I'll make sure everything is hidden. That needs to be hidden. And throw on a robe. Go out. Madam... I think it is best if you come with me and the doctor. Is there something we need to discuss immediately? And we cannot discuss it here. It is best if we discuss elsewhere. And he will collect Victor and Antonia before moving down to Joe and knocking on your door as well and also urging you to follow. Are we all in the hallway together? Like, are Victor and I? Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Joe will some almost in a weird mirror of Victor actually have gotten up and started like jotting things down, more or less recording sort of the dream. Also freaking out a little bit and wondering if there is something to what Victor says. Just a deeply disquieting <laughs> thought. Delilah, you open your eyes, and you're in a poorly lit room. Not your bed. Oh. You are surrounded by Friedrich Rao and one of the guards. Oh my god. His hand on a Luger pistol that you now see strapped to his belt. He looks at you and says, Well, can you hear me? What is going on? What do you have to say? Knocking at the door, the guard goes, opens it. And you see uh, Antonia, Joe, and Victor, as well as the captain, who leads them in. <sighs> Good. You're all here. Goes to the turn and flicks on the lights. <laughs> Down the hall of the cargo hold. As the place is illuminated. Herr Schmidt here, the captain says. Unlocked the cargo hold this morning after it had been left secure with Herr Richter, the gentleman who attacked you last night. He brought him food this morning. Herr Richter was missing, and instead, your friend here was sleeping in the corner, Fraulein Adams. Now, Fraulein, I would appreciate an explanation immediately as to how you got into this locked room and what you did with Herr Richter. If you like our podcast, why not give a rate and review on your preferred podcast service? We can be found on Twitter and Blue Sky at Calamity Vault and on Tumblr at Calamity Pod. 
You can send us an email at calamityvault at gmail.com if you want to chat with us.